Alright, whatever. Enough of this. Alright, welcome everybody. Trying to deal... Like, audio issues 101. Hey, it's a day that ends in Y. I'm over here trying to, like, stream deck, not Spotify, and podcast didn't show up. million other things. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. Showing eight. Okay, so cool. All right, good morning, everybody. Hot mess on fire. Coming at you live early, early Wednesday morning on the East Coast, even earlier on the left coast where I'm going to be later today. So if you're coming in from Cali... Welcome back to back to Cali, okay? I'll be there soon. Welcome to episode number 348 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Cyber Munchkin, Joseph Tahar, Legosec, Carrie Marcus Seiler, Shakira, and so many of the Simply Cyber community, including yourself, will be tearing through the top cyber news stories of the day, and I will be giving my opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how you can operationalize that this week or next week or you know in the in the in your job period it doesn't matter when or if you're looking to break in the industry you're going to get wicked value out of here you're going to hear terminology you're going to meet people you're going to learn concepts threat act behaviors what's coming what's going you're going to be asked in any job interview how do you stay current this is a great question what's up james mcquiggan what did we just become best friends yep good morning coffee 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 i salute you james mcquiggan We got a banger today, y'all. It's going to be Worldwide Wednesday, so we will be going around the world shortly, so stay tuned for that. But before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsor, starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor, over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Eric Taylor and Casually Joseph and the entire gang over at Barricade Cyber Solutions want you to know that they are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solution knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that they can help you either in advance to get prepped for a, a you know a bad, a boom, or when boom happens, you want to have them on speed dial. Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions should hand out magnets for people to stick to the fridge in the coffee break room of every business. So when crap hits the fan, you can just be like, ah, go to the break room, get the number, right? That's what's, that's what's up. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security, who are doing wonderful things in the InfoSec community, including helping businesses understand what their actual risk is and how they can invest their time, their people, their money, into doing actual meaningful risk reduction. Well, how does this work, Jerry? Quantified risk assessments are a approach that takes in evidence, takes in uh, information, facts, bases, people, process, and technology of a business, looks at the controls, looks at the control gaps, look at the threat modeling for that industry, for the business that size, specific for your business. Then it, it basically is like, oh, 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 and it, poop, it pukes out a quantified risk assessment that has statistically sound fact-based uh, findings where it can tell you, hey, you have this likelihood of having a ransomware incident, for example, this year. 70% to 80% chance of a ransomware. Is that okay for you? Is that Are you willing to take those chances, right? Now you can have a more meaningful risk appetite discussion with the business instead of just saying, 
Uh, you're kind of like in the yellow-orange area for ransomware. Is that okay with you? Because the business doesn't know how to digest that information. Quantified risk assessments, they cost a little bit more. They take a little bit longer, but they have way more value, which is why you know people are willing to suffer the burden of more cost, more time. If you want one of these high-value risk assessments, contact Panopsi Security. Brandon will hook you up. You do a great job. Uh, Panopsi Security, links in the description below. Also want to say a little love to XM Cyber, but know this, we will get uh, back to them at the mid-roll. Uh, they are all about good times, and they're uh, navigating exposure management reports out right now. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm halfway through it. Love it, love it, love it. Might finish it on the plane ride. Maybe. We'll see. Want to remind everybody, each episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Isaiah Green with the Passive Observer coming in hot. Hey, Isaiah. Good to see you. So listen, if you're with us live, if you're one of the 160 people standing here right now, what's up? Good to see you. Please drop a hashtag team live in chat. Let me get more in frame here. Jesus, his boom arm's being kind of fickle. Uh, if you're one of the 160 here, good morning to you. It's great to see you. I hope you got a cup of coffee, a, cu a, a cup of tea. If you're maybe in, I don't know, like uh, Eastern Europe, Western Asia, maybe you've got like a bourbon or some kind of wind down drink, whatever you you got going on. Welcome to the show. I'm great, grateful that you're here. If you're watching on replay, hashtag team replay in the comments. Let me know that you were here. I love engaging with you. All you regulars in the team replay, you know that I uh, ping across the comments. Uh, typically in the evening as I'm sitting on the couch after I put the kids to bed and I'm uh, like, yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? So love that. Also, Team Hybrid, I know there's a couple of you out there who get here late, 2x the stro until you get caught up to me um, or caught up to all of us. And then you're live with us. So Team Hybrid, I love it. And then my personal favorite, y'all, hashtag Passive Observer. We already said what's up to Isaiah. What's up to SSD? Good morning to you. Pumping it with the squad support. Thanks, SSD. Guys, what did Internal Stranger do? What did this What did this crazy Aussie do? Oi, oi, oi. First industry cert? Yes. Yes. Nice job, Internal Stranger, man. Love it, love it, love it. Way to go. Hey, Will Reed. It's been a minute. Good to see you. All right, guys. Uh, love. If you're a passive observer, if you're shy, introverted, um, you know, reluctant to step into the light, reluctantly crouched at the starting line, engines thumping and bumping in time. Okay. Say what's up in chat. Start your networking journey. Start growing your career network, professional network with hashtag Passive Observer and let the Simply Cyber community help make you more comfortable with engaging others. Now, you know what? Know what you know what's about to happen, y'all. We got a fun one. So we are doing Worldwide Wednesday, and I, for one, am super, super pumped about it. Now, we've got a little bit of a, um, a, a change of pace. Normally, I start the show with Daft Punks around the world, and many of you know this, but because of because of the, 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 the monetization and because I have to run the ads at the beginning and the end of the show now, I can't play that song. However, Aaron KG in chat, squad member mod Aaron KG may have a workaround for us. Okay, we're going to give it a shot today. Um, let me know. Of course, I didn't test this. <laughs> of course, I didn't test this because it's audio. Um, and we're going to see what happens. So let me know in chat, uh, either chat or mods, holler at me. Uh, guys, let me put up this little thing. Uh, by the way, ACI Learning has signed on for three more months of support for the Worldwide Wednesday uh, segment of the show. So thank you very much to ACI Learning for your continued support. Guys, I've got a pin chat um, in 
YouTube chat right now. IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. Great, great platform. If you want to you know, cut through the bull and just get really good content, um, Simply Cyber 30 at checkout, you can do that. If you're a U.S. veteran, I don't know what the code is, but you can get 60% off. As much as I would love for you to use my affiliate link, if you can get 60% off, dig into that. Like I fully support you. Go get it. Um, so I'll just leave that. And also just to let you know, I'll be giving a, um, a, a public free briefing on May 25th in coordination with ACI Learning. So it won't be through Simply Cyber. It'll be through ACI Learning, but they've asked me to come on to their platform. If you know Sophia Goodwin, uh, she's the one who's always with Daniel Lowry on the shows. Uh, she will be uh, doing a, an interview with me or like a one-person panel. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm going to be there for an hour, hanging out, having a talk. I hope you guys can join uh, and do hashtag Simply Cyber. We can like raid ACI Learning. That would be kind of fun. All right, here we go, guys. I'm going to try this. This, this is basically, this is an interpreted version of Daft Punk's Around the World being pushed through my soundboard. Let's do it together and figure it out. All right, it's four minutes long. We're not gonna do this for four minutes. We'll do it for two minutes, okay? Somebody start a clock. Com computer, <laughs> Alexa, start two minute timer. All right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Every Wednesday, if you're new here, we ask people where they're at, and then I mark the crap out of this calendar. So let's get into it. Let's go. Where are you at right now? I see Australia. I see Wisconsin. Way to go, Wisconsin. New York City's in the house. Southwestern Virginia. South Africa's in the house. Thank you for representing. Victoria, Australia, Canada. Big Maple Leaf. Love it. DC's in the house. Texas in the house. Dirty Jersey, India. Love it, love it, love it. Cincy's in the house, DR, the DR, Leonardo DR. Love it, love it, love it. Boom, baby. I see you, Leonardo. What's up, big Texas? Hey, Washington State. Philippines, baby. I see you, Philippines. We got you on the map. Come on, New Orleans. Ethiopian, Ethiopia. Boom. We got Eastern Africa in the house. Dirty Jers, Va Beach. I see you, Va Beach. Indy. Indies in the house worldwide. Wednesday, represent Winchester, Virginia. Hey, Ontario, I see you up in that state. Uh, <laughs> I set a timer on someone else's echo device. Yes, yes, Cambodia. Cambodia, that's going to be a tough one for me to find uh, um, mods. Can you tell me where Cambodia is? I know it's like near Vietnam. Oh, I found it. All right, come on, province. Poland, Krakow. Europe just came online. I love it. Where's our Where's our South America reps? Where's our South America reps? Come on, Bob Beach. I see you, Maryland, getting the crabs on. Jamaica, man. Jamaica, me crazy. Am I right? All right, we got Jamaica. Germany's in the house. What's up, Germany? France, baby. Let me know if France is in the house. Pac-Man, BP, are you in France? Because you got to be there. Czech Republic's in the house. France is in the house. Thank you, mods. Czech Republic. I do want to go to Czech Republic. Ah, where are you? Oh, Echo, or Alexa, stop timer. All right, so two minutes passes. We're gonna round it up right now. Did we get any South America? South Korea was in the house. DR, 
Oh, Dominica, not Dominican Republic. Oh, I'm sorry. Pakistan in the house. We'll do a couple more. Ireland, baby, love it. Get that right. Pakistan, yep, Pakistan was here. I saw it, Ireland, Czech. I didn't get Czech Republic. I couldn't find it. The UK's in here, I love it. We had no South America today. All right, south of Poland. Czechia. Is Czechia the new Czech Republic? I, I know that's a little uncultured to me, but. Ugh. All right, Costa Rica's in the house. The CR babies representing. Getting some love from the United States. All right, guys, let's pan this baby out. All right, so that is the new version of Worldwide Wednesday. We'll do two-minute timers. Love it, guys. We're representing. We didn't quite get the whole world. South America's not in the house. Usually we get some Argentina or some Brazil. Um, I wish if my wife was in chat. <laughs> I mean, not that she's in Guyana, but um, could have had that. Chechia uh, is now the Czech Republic. Oh, cool. Thanks, Adam Novak. So we that's why I could never find it. All right, guys. Great job, everybody. We got, um, you know, six-sevenths or five, six, because we don't count Antarctica, uh, of the world. Great job, everybody. Just know we are diverse as well as strong, and I love it, love it, love it. My favorite activity of the whole week. Thanks again to ACI Learning for supporting that. All right, y'all. Sit back and relax. What? I was turning the wrong thing off. <laughs> Idiot. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. Elon Musk wants to develop Truth GPT. Yeah, get those Elon Tuesday, emotes Elon out. Elon Musk said in an interview with Fox News that he wants to develop his own chatbot called TruthGPT, which Musk states will be a maximum truth-seeking AI. Musk added that this new AI would be, quote, unlikely to annihilate humans because we are an interesting part of the universe, end quote. While Musk played a pivotal role in setting up OpenAI, Musk characterized the tool's politically correct training models as, quote, another way of being untruthful, end quote. He previously criticized OpenAI for becoming closed-sourced and effectively controlled by Microsoft. Yeah, a lot to unpack here. First of all, I 100% agree. Closed-source software, uh, especially one that is as powerful as um, ChatGPT, kind of scary. Um, obviously, they're doing it for intellectual property because, let's be honest. Great cash, homie. <laughs> but the thing is, like, once you close the box... Um, this thing is just a manifestation representation of the models it's trained on, which if the models are controlled, you can influence it. Now, to Elon's, um, to Elon's point here about truth GPT, I do want to point out something really quickly. Truth is a concept, right? But it's one that can be manipulated quite easily. Like if I hold up an orange or a lemon and I'm like, this is yellow. We can all agree that's a truthful statement. This, this lemon's green. That is not a truthful statement, right? But what if part of the lemon wasn't a, a lemon wasn't quite ripe yet, right? And it's, it's like the butt of it is, is green still. Well, is that a true statement or not? I mean, it's mostly yellow, but I said it's green, but it does have green in it. So that's quite a gray area. And that's just a stupid fruit example, 
right? We saw Cody Kinsey. If you haven't seen Cody Kinsey on Twitter, he wrote his own bot and he has it um, take a kind of factual statement like the little boy went to the circus and got bit by a dog. And then he has the chat, uh, the chat bot write the um, write it as a uh, negative framing, a positive framing, a scary framing, a uh, reinforcement framing, like all these different framings. Each of the statements cause influence on the individual reading it. In some of the story, the dog is a vicious animal and the boy was a helpless victim. In some of the stories, the boy was an idiot and the dog was scared and bit out of self-defense, right? Like it doesn't embellish or add stories. It just adds certain adjectives, leaves certain things out. It frames but all of the statements are still true. So my point is, when you say truth GPT, yeah, that's cool, but define the parameters of what truth is. And it, I mean, it's it sounds so easy. Like when we explain to a child, don't lie, it's very easy to have those black and white constructs, those simple Boolean constructs. But when you're doing something as complex and as nuanced as societal's collective perception of a statement or of a state the, the truth i mean people fight all the time literally people fight all the time about what is right or what is true or you know political ads i mean gosh can we can we like just point at the political smear ads right like you know so anyways this is a cool idea um i think you know i don't know if elon elon said that um it's the only AI that won't annihilate humans. That seems strong and scary. Um, you would think, I don't know. AI is moving wicked fast, like kind of like nause nauseatingly fast. And we're all leaning into it like our own collective. Uh, <laughs> makes me think of uh, uh, Dr. Strangelove when, he, when, the, when the cowboy's riding the rocket down. Um, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. I just, I think tr Truth GPT is a easy concept for people to wrap their head around but it's very nuanced and very difficult um and it, it could be it could be uh easily manipulated right i forgot this thanks uh Le lego sec 2. shall we play a game southwest's operations resume after a technical issue the Federal Aviation Administration ordered Southwest Airlines to pause its operations, including flight departures, due to a technical issue early on Tuesday morning. The airline says the data connection issues were caused by a vendor-supplied firewall failure. Support staff quickly resolved the issue and operations were restored within about 40 minutes. FlightAware indicates that nearly 2,500 Southwest flights were delayed. US All right, a couple things here. Couple things here. One, um, this was not a cyber attack, okay? Like, what is it? Oh my God, hold on one second, please. Talk amongst yourselves. Just one second, okay? Hold on one second, okay? All right, sorry about that. Um, so listen, this was not a cyber text, but it does highlight the importance of misconfigurations and proper configurations. Yes, it was the puppy. I had to, I had to take care of the old puppos. So listen to me when you get, listen, this is important. If you are doing a, um, I don't think it was a breach when you're doing, um, 
network like if you're going to go buy a firewall right or you're going to install a firewall or you're going to rack and stack it and the networking guys are going to come over or the networking ladies are going to come over and, and, and configure it or the vendors going to configure it right there's a couple things there's there's something called pass through so when you plug in the internet into import and then you plug the you know network coming into the um into the internal network through the outport and all the magic's happening in the firewall of data and packets flying through or not flying through, that's cool. But it also introduces the fact that if that firewall craps the bed, then all the data goes in and then nothing happens and nothing comes out, right? So when a firewall has a catastrophic failure, if it's not configured for like auto pass through, then it's going to dork up your entire operation, right? So that's something to actually give consideration to from a business continuity perspective. Um, what, what I've seen this been done before with, I'm not going to name uh, vendors, but really good. This is well, Gigamon. Okay, whatever. I'll just name them. Um, great product. Um, the data comes in and then if there's a catastrophic failure, it just reverts to like, uh, like a hardware pass through to allow it to, for the data to keep going through. Now, when that happens, you basically don't have a firewall anymore, but you, you get notified and alerted and you can kind of immediately, um, you know, address that issue. Right. So, um, basically it, it, it becomes a decision of, do you want to suffer downtime or do you want to be exposed for some period of time to potential not having a firewall, right? Very uncool to not have a firewall, obviously, but you know, to Southwest Airlines, how much how much business did they lose because they were down for whatever period of time? And I'm not just talking about people. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, DJ BSEC in chat or BSEC is saying, uh, HA, that's high availability. This is where it, it, it's a business requirement in some instances. You need high availability. Like think about the New York Stock Exchange or like investment bankers or, or any of these people like or even um, like online brokerages like Coinbase or, or any of those, like if they went down, it, it could be really, really catastrophic, like transactions not happening, like class action lawsuits and everything like that. So like basically I'm taking this entire story to take an opportunity to explain um, business continuity, high availability and proper thinking through proper installation and operation of uh, critical firewalls in your environment. Way to go, Southwest. I'm glad that they uh, got things sorted out. Uh, the vendor jumped in. Who knows how it happened, right? Some some Carl, Carl Carl may have you know pushed a config without testing it, and it broke things. Um, somebody you know some donkey could have like tripped over a wire in the server closet and spilled coffee on it. A, a million different things could happen. I don't think this is a a hot nation state threat actor um, dropping dropping elite zero days up on Southwest. Okay. Whoops, idiot. U.S. and U.K. warn of government hackers targeting Cisco routers. On Tuesday, CISA, the NSA, the FBI, and U.K.'s National Cybersecurity Center warned that Russian state-sponsored APT-28 hackers are deploying custom malware Ooh. called Jaguar Tooth like on Cozy Cisco Bear? iOS routers. APT-28, also known as Fancy Bear, is a Fancy hacking group Bear. Uh, to Russia's General Staff Main Intelligence Directorate. APT-28 are exploiting an old SNMP flaw on Cisco IOS routers to deploy Jaguar Tooth in memory and gain unauthenticated access and then exfiltrate device info over TFTP. Cisco admins should upgrade their routers to the latest firmware to mitigate these attacks. 
Redline Mail. You down with SNMP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> yes, I'm 43. I grew up in that age, okay? If, if you don't know, now you know. I'm talking about naughty by nature, okay? US, UK, warn of government hackers. Now, listen, this custom malware, this Jaguar tooth, APG28 is legit, okay? Fancy bear, cozy bear, whatever. It, uh, cozy bear is a different one, by the way. It's not like they have multiple names like that. Um, they're... They've got a custom malware that can infect older Cisco infrastructure, Cisco IOS routers. Now, I don't know which one they are, uh, who they're targeting, but likely I would think that anyone is kind of on the map. Uh, usually, usually um, nation state threat, threat actors, APT28, they're not hitting, you know, Joel Belton's ice cream shop, okay? They're hitting Lockheed Martin for you know plans or they're hitting uh, government installations for you know espionage purposes um the the idea here is that it's an old vulnerable instance of cisco and they use i guess whatever the snmp um there must be something wrong with snmp allowing them to uh, exploit it get access and then drop their malware payloads which pulls uh intel off of it i suppose um, I'm trying to see like what's the point because the threat actors scan for public Cisco routers with the weak community strings. Yep, weak SNMP community strings has been a problem for years. Okay, um, okay, so they're exfiltrating data over TFTP. That's fine. That's 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 well known. Uh, it's non-persistent, which means you if you reboot the router, it disappears. Okay, that's cool. Um, and I guess what they're doing here is they're using it as an initial foothold. So, okay, so I've got it. So APT28 scans, finds these vulnerable Cisco routers, pops them, gets in, and uses it as an initial foothold into whatever the organization is. So if you're running Cisco routers, internet-facing with a vulnerable version, then you're at risk. It's simple as that. It doesn't mean you've been popped. It doesn't mean APT28 is all up in your drawers um, you know, like sand at the beach, but you you are at risk, right? You're vulnerable to it. So what I would say to you is the following. A, use Shodan to look at your external IP range that you know about. Verify whether or not you have this vulnerable version of Cisco routers running in the internet-facing IP space. If yes, do something about it. If you can, either... Patch it, upgrade it if you can. Get your butt in gear on a life cycle replacement budget. Urgent request. Give me money. Give me money. Cash, homie. Um, prepare a uh, threat briefing of sorts on this particular um, intel. It looks like, you know, like obviously you're not going to send the CEO a, a link from Bleeping Computer, but it looks like CISA has actually released... Um, guidance on what to do so yeah um so you might be able to find like a CISA you know .gov type thing you might you can find something from Cisco uh basically to kind of help enforce the request or help bolster the request for additional funds and get your button gear that's it get your button gear when nation state threat act here's the thing though it doesn't matter if it's APT28 or if it's lapsus like you know um braggadocious, arrogant, young hackers, or if it's just some curious nitwit, right? If it's out there and it's wicked vulnerable and you can find it on Shodan, 
then it can get popped. Now, the Jaguar tooth malware goes a little bit further, and it's a little bit more refined, so it might be less likely to get caught, which is what makes them an advanced threat actor. But my point is, you shouldn't be running these old these old Cisco routers, like, period. End of story, okay? Lifecycle replacement, people. That's the name of the game, all right? The final thing I'll say on this, lifecycle replacement. Everybody complains when something isn't there. I don't have access. I can't hit I can't see this thing. We need the technology. All right, you buy it. You get the, you get the user account, whatever. You put it in. All right, everybody's winning. Yay! And then you guys pivot somewhere else. You stop using the on-prem exchange and you move to O365. You stop using this custom web app that John Rogers developed in 1999 with an access database that has somehow an internet-facing web app that is wicked janky. But we stopped using that in 2007, Jerry. We don't use that. Yeah, but it's still on the network. I can still hit it. I can see it from anywhere on the planet. I can do it while go-go in flight. Get it off the network. No one ever does. I mean, some people do. But like for the most part, system, lifecycle, the end of it, decommissioning, like uh, archiving data off, turning the dang machine off, most people don't do it because they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to shut it off because maybe it'll break something. I'll just leave it on. It's just sitting there not doing anything. People constantly misunderstand that just because it's quiet, sitting under BSEC's desk running and it's not causing a problem, then we'll just leave it alone. It's not a sleeping dog, okay? It is a risk on your network. Get it off your network. I feel triggered by... Legacy systems. Okay. Ah, oosah. Where operations disrupted by GitHub repository takedown. Dating back to at least 2020, Redline Stealer is written in .NET and targets system and browser info, login credentials, credit card data, and crypto wallets. Researchers from ESET and Flare have discovered that Redline's control panels use four specific GitHub repositories as drop-dead resolvers. The resolvers help to route infected victims to attacker command and control servers. The researchers alerted GitHub, who then suspended the repositories, thus breaking panel authentication and disrupting Redline Stealer's operations. So far, the researchers have not observed Redline falling back to any other channels. All right, I'm a little confused by this. Um, so Redline Info Stealer, you should definitely know about. If you've been with the show for a minute, you know you know about it. It is next to like Raccoon Info Stealer. Redline is the most, in my, from my perspective, and Threat Intel people, Threat Intel people, let me know. But Redline Info Stealer is like the most pre pro pro. Uh, ubiquitous commodity info stealer malware. You can get it on dark webs for like, you know, a hundred bucks. It's very effective. You see it all over the place. Um, you can get it all over the place. What's up, Jax? Good to see you. Coming in strong, almost May, Ajax. Hey, okay, so get it for GitHub repos used by Redline Stealer panels were suspended. So, you know, GitHub is an open repository for um, so open source software. I have a GitHub. You have a GitHub, right? Anyone can create a GitHub. So threat actors could create a GitHub. GitHub is accessible from anywhere in the world. So, you know, this acts as like a quasi, um, you know, file sharing service. Also, because it's open repo, I could, if, you know, some of these projects, right? If someone requested to add to my code in my GitHub, it would be a little sus because I don't really actively develop large 
software packages, but for some of these other large ones, right? Like Apache Tomcat or, you know, Sysmon or like, or not Sysmon, but, um, um, oh my God, uh, Swift on, not Swift on security, like Florian Roth has a, uh, Sysmon config, I think, or Swift on security. Anyways, my point is for some, for some of these larger GitHubs that have multiple developers, it's not uncommon for someone to request to check in, check out. You could, you could bury, uh, some redline malware in there. And basically, I don't know if they did that or if these were four, like kind of, you know, just malicious accounts altogether, but they were set up in order to act as control panels for interfacing with the Redline Info Stealer, basically like part of their C2 network. Now, one of the things I don't get, uh, yeah, nobody blocks GitHub. That's a great point, James Randolph. It always looks ubiquitous. I mean, it always looks like legitimate traffic. Here's the one thing I don't get. Typically, okay, and please someone in chat, let me know. Typically, GitHub shows code, right? And you can download it. You can, you can, you know, if it's Python or whatever, you can read it, whatever. But it's just static code. It's like it's like a file repo. Um, C two panels, right? Admin panels are typically like web servers. They they serve um, web content, and you can you can like look at them and, and interface and send commands and see like what you controlled, and you can do C two type stuff for your compromised hosts. So the, the weird thing is I don't, I don't see interfacing with GitHub in a control panel uh, method. And that, that's the one thing that's confusing me. So I don't know if it was like they push a certain file to GitHub and if the C2 panel, I mean the C2, excuse me, the infected host sees a certain file with a certain file name in a certain directory on GitHub, then they take some action. That's the only thing I could think of, but uh, you know, whatever. Good, good on Microsoft. Good on GitHub for keeping it clean up in there. All right, now let's do the mid-roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Pentera. This episode of Cybersecurity Headlines is made possible in part by Pentera. Today, over 60% of cyber attacks involve the use of exposed credentials. Now, for the first time, security teams can address this critical threat head on. Pentera collects an organization's leaked credentials and automatically tests their exploitability across the external and internal attack surface. Pentera's customers find that leveraging the Pentera automated security validation platform as part of their exposure management strategy increases their ability to identify security gaps, improves the efficiency of remediation processes, and maximizes their security readiness. To learn more, visit Pentera.io. That's P-E-N-T-E-R-A dot I-O. All right. It is the mid-roll, which means only one thing. All right, guys. Thank you very much for all being here. I appreciate it. We got 239 of you live with us right now. Having a great Wednesday morning. Want to say thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions, Panopsi Cyber, and XM Cyber. I told you we would get back to them at the mid-roll. Want to tell you guys about XM Cyber really quickly. Um, they just released uh, their um, State of Exposure Management Report for 2023. Organizations, your organization, my organization, Oprah, all of, you get an organization, you get an organization, right? They're all overwhelmed with thousands of exposures across their cloud, their on-prem environments. And it, it's 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 constant, right? Monthly basis, weekly basis, daily basis. There's always new stuff coming in. That's why we do a threat and tell briefing every single day. So efficiently reducing risk is like almost impossible. So you can discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome remediation fatigue and actually do cyber risk reduction for your organization with a new approach 
to efficiently reducing risk. Check out XM Cyber's 2023 State of Exposure Management Report. It's based on Intel. Um, it's it, There's a lot of great factoids in it. There's a link in the description below. It's like a bit.ly link, I think, or a tiny URL. It's one of those, you'll see it. Click on it and grab up the, um, the 2023 State of Exposure Management Report. And let me know what your thoughts are. I think it's, I think it's pretty interesting, pretty cool. If you are getting value out of this uh, stream, whether it's entertainment value, educational value, a little from column A, a little from column B, go ahead and hit the like button. We're averaging about 240 likes uh, per show, so I love that. I've also, um, I'll tell you during the jaw jacking segment some stuff I've been doing with the show. We'll see how it's going. Want to remind you, I did not send the newsletter out this week. I was on vacation over the weekend and I didn't get to it. I thought I was going to do it, but basically, uh, <laughs> work for me is like a raging river. And if it does, you know, if it doesn't get executed on Sunday in the, in the time slice where I've allocated for doing the newsletter, um, apparently it's not going to get done. So sign up for simplycyber.io/newsletter um, and get on Monday morning. Three pieces of actual intel that you can use to reduce risk for your organization. Believe me. All right. Simply Cyber Community Challenge, my favorite thing, just right next to Passive Observer, although they're very similar. Uh, Brandon S. is the current holder of the baton on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So hopefully Brandon S. is here. What is the Simply Cyber Community Challenge? This is an opportunity to build your own professional network. Make your own growth. Networking is so vitally important. Look, ask anyone who works in the industry or recently broke into the industry, how valuable was networking? And I guarantee you 100% of them will say, I wish I had done it sooner. It's absolutely super valuable. You should absolutely do it. I guarantee you that. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an opportunity to do that. Brandon, please tag somebody in chat. If you're tagged by Brandon and you accept the challenge, go post on LinkedIn your cyber story. Why are you into it? What, have you, what are you doing? Like, what have you learned? What resources? Like, anything you want to share with the community and add hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. For the rest of the community, I challenge you to go on LinkedIn, engage with that post, leave comments, and most importantly, connect with anybody who are, is the original poster or in the comments and build your professional network with like-minded, supportive, inclusive, cybersecurity professionals. You are gonna have an incredibly valuable network. You're going to see the power of it, I promise you. I can't promise you when, but I guarantee you, you will see the value of it. So Brandon, go ahead and tag somebody if you can. All right, Laura Flores, come on at me. Let me know where Laura Flores is. I know she's here. All right, Laura. All right, let's keep rolling on this, on this stream. Thank you very much, Brandon, for continuing the challenge. Europe spins up AI Hub to hold big tech accountable. On Tuesday, the European Center for Algorithmic Transparency was officially inaugurated in Seville, Spain. ECAT is expected to play a major role in interrogating the algorithms of mainstream digital services such as Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for compliance with the EU's Digital Services Act. ECAT officials say they plan to leverage an AI-based recommender system to identify DSA infractions such as discriminatory or biased output and promote algorithmic transparency. The full sweep of provisions in the DSA won't start being enforced until early 2024. Early 2024, it'll already be 
chatbot or chat GPT version like 73 at that point. Um, okay. Shall we play a game? Way to go. Um, you know, I do uh, appreciate the European Union, okay? Like, I'm not saying that the United States isn't doing anything, but we, like, we, we, like, we, like, sent a petition out with 1,100 people who said we should stop, put a pause on AI. Like, I don't know what that's doing. This is actual action, okay? Jimmy Dang with a super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you very much for the support, Jimmy. Genuinely appreciate it. Uh, much love and support for everyone. And Dr. Jerry, my interview with the CISO is happening in 15 minutes. Yes, Jimmy. Get it. All right, Jimmy, you got this, my man. Kill it. Crush it. Own it. Boom, baby. Boom. Jimmy, take one of these stories in with you mentally. Hold on. Like, I mean, uh, what would be a good one? Nope. Uh, nope. No. Hold on. I mean, I guess the um, the Redline Info Stealer, you could run with that. The Cisco Legacy Systems, we talked about that. Um, you know, this European AI thing, they might ask you about AI. What are your thoughts on AI? You can be like, oh, you know, I just heard this morning uh, that Europe's spinning up a research hub for AI to, to hold things accountable. Did you know that, CISO? Boom, high fives. I'll just take the job offer now. That's fine. All right. All right, so here's the deal. I like that Europe's doing this, especially because ultimately the idea is that it doesn't it doesn't really seem that it's going after AI as much as it's going after what the algorithms are underneath social media where it's driving for you content, right? So what are you seeing? What is being pushed to you on Instagram? What's being pushed to you on TikTok, right? Those those things seem to be like what's the goal of this? And I genuinely appreciate that because these large platforms can influence you. They can manipulate at in mass um you know hold on i gotta i gotta get rid of mod chat sorry mods I'm, I, <laughs> um it, they can manipulate you so i appreciate that you know it's just think about the way the united states is responding to <laughs> like tiktok and, and and social media versus the way europe's doing it right so uh i i find it interesting i'll be I'll be happy to see the outputs of these things because the TikTok in Europe is the same kind of as the TikTok in the United States. So certainly there's an economy of scale on uh, whatever the findings and discovery is of this European panel. So holla, 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 way to go, European Union, winning so hard. Oh, oh yeah, thank you, Peter. I do have a 9 a.m. Stealth email yeah, let's, let's go. distributed via AI-generated YouTube video. I've got this video coming out. The Aurora InfoStealer is a malware-as-a-service platform written in Go and sold on Russian-language cybercrime forums. Cybercriminals have been spotted leveraging a new loader executable called P3IN4ER to propagate Aurora infections by embedding the stealer into the descriptions for AI-generated videos which they post to hacked YouTube channels. The loader uses anti-virtual machine and unusual compilation techniques to avoid detection. The savvy crooks are even using search engine optimization techniques to help the rogue videos reach a wider audience. All right, so we do NSO have a we do have a premiere coming up, so I'm going to move a little faster uh, with the stories. Here's the deal, okay? So this is what you need to know: Aurora Info Stealer. It could be Redline Info Stealer. It doesn't matter. Threat actors are hacking YouTube channels, right? So think Linus Tech Tips, or think really any any YouTube channel that's got some level of audience. They hack it, then they post a video. They use SEO effectively, so they've got some marketing chops. And in the description, they put a link to the malware. 
Now, this is classic social engineering, right? So they'll say, oh, like, hey, here's a video about whatever, like double your money in Bitcoin, or you'll never believe, like, like I'm going to give the first 50 uh, fans of my super huge um, YouTube channel uh, a free one-on-one -on -one coaching session, or I'm going to pay you $1,000, or I'm going to hire, you know, like I've got an, a job opening on my channel, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because they're going to get you to click on the link go and download the malware and you're not going to think twice about it because you're like, yes, I'm all about this channel, this YouTuber, okay? This is a classic social engineering attack just wrapped in a different set of clothes with the goal to be stealing your information, your passwords, your cookies, and then ultimately robbing you, maybe breaking into your YouTube channel, maybe stealing your money, your crypto, uh, your passwords, logging in, you know, whatever, right? Info stealers are going to info steal. All right, let's keep rolling credited with three more iOS zero-click exploits. Researchers from Citizen Lab have newly discovered three iOS 15 and iOS 16 zero-click exploit chains used by NSO Group against human rights activists globally in 2022. The researchers reported that NSO Group was hired to deploy its Pegasus spyware in Mexico via exploit chains known as Pwn Your Home, Find My Pwn, and Latent Image. Apple has since issued a HomeKit security update in iOS 16.3.1, and the researchers recommend that high-risk users use the iOS 16 feature known as Lockdown Mode. Car thieves using tech. Interesting. Okay, so um, <clears throat> basically, we you know we talked about Quad Dream yesterday. They went out of business, but I said they're going to group back up. NSO Group. They are the ones behind Pegasus software. Apparently, they're you know they've got good lawyers or something. They're a little slippery. Um, that is a good point, BSEC. Uh, NSO Group continues to be slippery. Uh, they've got they've got excellent reverse engineers over on their side of the house who are able to come up with these iOS zero click exploits. What is a zero click exploit? Not that I, I don't know if you'd get that question in an interview, but just to define this, it's where you don't require the victim to engage in anything, right? For this story right here, the Aurora Info Stealer, I have to socially engineer you. I have to send a compelling YouTube video. I have to convince you to click the link down below. I have to convince you to install the malware, right? Zero click. I don't need you to do anything. I just text message you and your phone is owned, right? Very scary stuff, right? These zero click exploits, are super valuable, like seven figures valuable. All right, that's why NSO Group is, <laughs> dude. Great cash, homie. All right, so Pegasus spyware. Unfortunately, it's supposed to be used for law enforcement only. Oh, we suspect this guy to be a criminal kingpin. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> Capitalism's going to be capitalist. So instead of it just being used for the criminal kingpin, it's being used for human rights activists who are pushing back in Mexico. Um, investigative journalists, um, dissidents, if you will. Uh, so obviously technology like this can be weaponized just like a handgun can be used to de defend your home or to rob a bank. Um, so it's gross. It's, it's, it's so, oh, man, it really hurts to think that, you know, NSO group, maybe, maybe, maybe they were lied to, maybe they willingly were lied to. But to, to think like, oh, we've got this great tool and it's going to be weaponized to harm people who are trying to right a, you know, just a social wrong, you know? So anyways, you, you want to talk, I mean, not that this, this is slightly related, 
you should just know who NSO Group is. You should know what Pegasus Spyware is, and you should know what ZeroClick is. If you do have a high-end uh, VIP in your environment, right, or someone who thinks they're VIP, you may want to tell them about this lockdown mode, right? It probably limits your <laughs> features and your capabilities of your iPhone. Maybe you can't go on Twitter while you're using the bathroom or whatever, but it'll protect you from these type of zero-click uh, exploit change, exploit chains. All right. Speaking of Mexico and human rights, you should watch the new John Oliver video uh, last week tonight on farm workers. <laughs> Hidden inside old Nokia phones. Earlier this month, two cyber professionals showed how they were able to purchase and reverse engineer a device used to steal one of their very own vehicles last year. The rogue device leverages control area network injection, which sends fake messages appearing to come from the car's smart key receiver. The problem is that the vehicles trust these messages without verifying them. The devices can start engines of numerous car brands, including Toyotas, Jeeps, and even Maseratis in only about 15 seconds. The curious part about the rogue device is that it's hidden inside an old-school Nokia 3310. The devices are sold at high prices despite only being comprised of about $10 worth of parts. Some sites selling the devices are offering device updates, suggesting that development of new capabilities is ongoing. And that does it for today's All right, interesting. So a couple things, if you're old enough to know. If you're old enough to know, before the iPhone, like right before the iPhone came out, this right here, this Nokia phone, this was hot. This was the hotness right here. You could actually get different uh, covers to really personalize it, right? You know how we use wallpapers on our iPhones now to like personalize it? Like, oh, here's my kids, here's my family. Oh no, you could get like a lime green candy looking uh, shell. Uh, my brother like custom painted them for a bit, right? So this is it. Yeah, you could play Snake on it. If you were, if you were like super legit and had the high-end one, you could play like mini golf on them. This was the hotness. And then iPhones came out, and that was the end of Nokia. All right, so here's the thing. Basically, uh, threat actors have developed some type of technique where you plug it in, and it can basically car hack. Hack the car, uh, hack the car bus, and trick it into thinking it's receiving some type of command to from the from the key to unlock the doors, to start the engine, etc. Um my one thing is, I don't understand if, like, the Nokia actually has some technology in it um, that does that. Or if they're... My suspicion is that they're gutting the phone and using the shell of the Nokia phone to deliver the payload, right? Because the Nokia phones didn't have... It looks like he's using a USB um, interface here. Nokia phones didn't have USB Back then, guys, it was like ugly chargers. Okay, so here, let's. I'm just kind of curious. Let's. This guy, what's he doing? Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, see, he's plugging in a USB Type A into the device. It's absolute. This is absolutely just using the phone as a shell. I mean, it's cool. And, yeah, and like those Nokia phones didn't have Bluetooth, which is or um, R NFC RFID. So. Okay, the TLDR here is this is like a cool little story. This could be a, um, I mean, this one doesn't really hit with the, um, it is a flipper wrapped in a Nokia. That's a great point, BSEC. 
Um, so this is a fun story. Um, you, you'll probably see something like this at Car Hacking Village in DEFCON in Vegas this summer. But this this one, I mean, you, you can't stop someone. They do have to plug it into your car, so they should not be able to break into your car, right? Like, you can't be on the outside and unlock the car because they need to plug into your car in order to be able to interface with the computer of the car. So, there's that. Way to go. All right, guys. We do have a premiere coming up in three minutes. If you're interested, um, this right here is unveiled game-changing secrets and insider tips for starting a cybersecurity career. I've, I've leaned into um, helping people break in, right? Obviously, I do lots of different content for lots of different levels of people's experience. Uh, but I've been leaning into like more breaking in content on my fixed produced videos. So this one is really good if you're considering to dive into cybersecurity. I explain a bit of what's going on up front. Um, I share my experiences. I talk about cybersecurity and what your role could be in it. I talk, I've worked for large companies. I've worked for startup companies. I talk about the difference between the two and why you, like the pros and cons, why you'd want to work for a large company, why you'd want to work for a small one, etc. I have bonus content in there. It's going to be fun. I'll drop a link in chat right now if you're interested in doing that. All right. If you were here just for the news, I want to thank you very much. Hit the like button on your way out. It does go a long way in helping me. Um, oh, Dan Reardon um, was published on a website. Nice job, Dan. Way to go, Haircut Fish. All right. I want to remind everybody, tomorrow and Friday, Eric Taylor will be manning the desk here at Simply Cyber. The Daily Cyber Threat Briefing will be manned by Eric Taylor. Thank you again for Barricade Cyber Solutions, not just for the continued support from a sponsorship perspective, but also filling in for me uh, when I need support. I will be um, West Coast later today, flying out. I will be back Friday. Thank you very much, Robert Burke. Thank you, uh, Anna Lynn. Oh, it sent me a DM via Discord. Let me take a look. Oh, is this you, Anna? Yes, it is. Uh, hold on one second, guys. Oh my gosh. Can I share this information in or is this private? I mean, I mean, not all the details, Anna. Not all the details. Let me know. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. We're not teaching to stop this. Let's go. Love the stream. Is it on? All right, it's coming up. Um, what's up? Thank you, Justin Gold. Thank you for the safe travels. BSEC, yes. Guys, I mentioned yesterday. Um, oh, sure. Anna Lynn says, sure. Guys, I want to share with you, squad member and longtime supporter, you can see the blue Simply Cyber logo badging next to her name. Anna Lynn says some really nice things about Simply Cyber here, but the most important thing is she's just accepted a job offer as an information security engineer, fully remote, and she is so happy. Yes, Anna Lynn. Way to go, Anna Lynn. Congratulations. Another win. Another win for another great person in our community. Way to go, Anna Lynn. Love it, love it, love it. So happy for you. Enjoy that and straight crush it. Straight crush it, homie. 
All right, let's get our sci-fi on, guys. I'm going to end the stream. Head on over to the talk. Um, it should push you over there immediately anyways, but I will see you guys later. I'll be in chat tomorrow and uh, Friday, but I won't be hosting. Be good, everybody, and until next time, stay secure.